On this episode of the Cares None Beto podcast, Renzo Guevara joins the show, and we have an in-depth conversation with the young entrepreneur who shares his journey from dropping out of college to achieving his success in the world of online business. We discover how he overcame fear and adversity, honed his skills in copywriting, closing and speaking, and mastered the art of influence to reach new heights in his career. Y'all should not miss this conversation. Very good. The young man was super polished. I know you're going to enjoy the show, but if not, and as always, yeah. cares. Yeah. 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 We're all right. And we're oh. live. Oh, we're live? <laughs> we're live now, baby. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cares None to Be Dope podcast. I am your host, Chris Cares None, and with my co-host, hey, Derek Fisher. What's up, baby? What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Fantastically well. Are you... Uh, um, Sensational? We're going to talk about your uh, experience this morning. Yeah, it was a wonderful We're going to talk experience about your experience. Tom, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm in the build. I got you my good? cam going. Yeah, I'm trying to just get everything. How's business? Here, me, business is good, dude. Is business booming? I can't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's definitely picking up. So I I'm really complain. proud of you, brother. Thank yeah. you. Dude. I'm proud of myself. It's <laughs> oh, come a long way. Tommy. It's exciting. You know, it's uh, especially just because, you know, when you like think about something, you kind of work for it and it starts to happen. No, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's good. Yeah. Time, so. yeah, I'm good, man. All right, that's good. We're going to talk about that. Early, and we got baby. a special guest, everybody. Oh, yeah. We got Renzo, Renzo Guerra. Guerrero? Renzo Guevara. Guevara. There you go. There uh, go. Bro, tell me and tell us, because I you, I know you're an IG agency owner, correct? Correct. And you obviously know what you're doing. You got a bunch of followers. I see your content. Mm-hmm. Your content's fire. Mm-hmm. Please tell our audience what it is that you do and why you do it so well. Yeah, of course, of course. And first of all, before I even say that, thanks so much for having me on here. Super excited to be on here. But yeah, so as you said, I run the number one rated Instagram marketing agency and consulting firm. So basically what we do is, before I talk about the service that we do, the basic gist is that when I started out trying to land clients through Instagram and trying to grow my own online business, my own online training business, um, I struggled to land a single online client like my first six months. Like I was like cold DMing people all day, sending thousands of messages, posting every single day. But I didn't see any results until I met like three of my closest entrepreneur friends still to this day. And they all told me it's not about posting every day or the scripts you're using, but it's about the first impression when someone looks at your page. Like does someone think you're a scam or does someone think you're legit? And so when I looked on my page, I had like 200 followers at the time. I was copying the Gary Vee like headlines and the subtitles and like the podcast style clips. And it just overall looked a lot like a scam. And then what I realized was that, okay, it's time to level up. So then I got an influence of a million to 20 million followers, a person who shot me out, got a photographer and videographer to get quality content and quality video shoots. Mm -hmm. And then once I got that following and I got the quality content, landed my first 2000 online client for my online training business, my first three Mm -hmm. days, and I hit 10K in my first month. And so now after doing that consistently over and over and over, people started asking me for help as well for their Instagram and how to land clients through Instagram. So now we basically just do that same exact thing where we partner with other influencers of a million to 20 million followers, get them to personally shout out my clients. And then we show our clients how to take quality content with reels, photo shoots, video shoots, et cetera. And then we install our exact client acquisition system that we do for our own business into our client's business. And that's how our clients land their first couple or next couple online clients within their first three days or the first couple of days to their first couple of weeks. So that's the basic gist is just we basically install 
an exact client acquisition system to our clients so that they land clients really, really quickly. Okay, man. Like, that was the most vision. professional so, put together, like vision. little yeah, elevator pitch I've heard in a long time. Polished. Yeah, I know. Right? Is it the word is polished? And you uh, put him on the you put him on the uh, the spot real quick with that. You know, I thought. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't even practice. I don't even know the questions being asked me. <laughs> no, but it wasn't practice. But you, the way you formulated the question in your or the answer in your own way was through a story, which is a very mm. important way to really answer that question. So yeah. I applaud you for that. Yeah, yeah it was wonderful, brilliant. wonderful. Um, I would I would say. Your content, the way you answered that is to me also indicative of why your content is the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't know if you, I've, I've seen your content and you can tell that there's an extra level of like, I want to say professional, like, like you could tell it's more legit. That's like a good way of saying like, mm -hmm. okay, this feels legit. That you said that too. So, and I could, based on Part of your, your content also versus what you just said. It would make sense why you are the way you are, bro. Yeah, I mean, if anybody hasn't seen my content on TikTok, they, you probably haven't seen all my sales videos and me like doing all these objection handles, like a prospect's not that sure. Like, is this going to work? Or I have to think about it. And usually the biggest way I always handle these objections when people are trying to decide whether to work with me isn't to tell them to work with me, but it's to tell them a story to get them to conclude on their own why they should work with me. Because everybody doubts what they're told, but nobody doubts what they conclude on their own. And the only way to get someone to conclude on their own the right message is to tell a story of how you used to be exactly like them mm -hmm. and then you solved it a, cer a certain way. And then they conclude on their own, hey, I got to solve it the exact same way he did. Right. And so that's kind of right. why I right. told that story like that. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and, the, and the thing about what I've noticed about your content that I love is that you're showing, you're showing the shit in action. You know, and I have a feeling... Cause I feel like I do the same thing with my content when you show it, cause we can all regurgitate some shit that we've learned, but like, no, I'm going to show you in the act yeah. and with yeah. your content, you're literally, you can hear the other people talking and you're battling their objections and all that real time. Just like with me, when, if, as far as exposure therapy, you can see me battling it real time. Mm -hmm. And I think just that alone is powerful. Even if it wasn't as polished as it is, just the fact that you're proving that you know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. People gonna ride with that. Yeah, I mean, we all were like in elementary school at one point or another, and everybody always says like, "Show, don't tell." But then as we grow up, people always start to think like, "I should talk about things." I like, I gotta tell them I know what I'm talking about. And so I didn't really fully internalize that until I was doing a sales call in front of one of my friends. And it was like, "Dude, you're really damn good." I don't know if we could curse in this podcast. Hell yeah! yeah. I was fuck? like, fuck? "Yeah, okay, I don't, just making sure, just making sure." But he was like, <laughs> "But yeah, he was like, you're, you're really fucking good. Like, you should be posting this on like social media because everybody sees you like talking about like you know what you're talking about, but nobody actually sees it." I was like, "You're right." So then I posted one of my first sales videos, and then it got like to this day over four hundred thousand views. Mm. And I'm like, "Okay, so this is what people want to see mm. on my TikTok, not just mm. me talking." but me showing myself in action. Mm -hmm. And then once I showed myself in action for like a month or two, then when I started posting speaking videos of me saying I know what I'm talking about, people already believe me because they've seen me do sales videos over and over and over, right. closing $6,000 deals every single day. Right. It's, a, it, it's interesting, man, because I, I do think that when you show, when you show what you can do, that, that has to hit the hardest. That has to be the most influential because there's so many people that you do notice when you're swiping that this is a lot of telling us shit, which is cool. There's, there's information in it, but there's something about seeing someone go through yeah. the fucking rough and get it. That's just a very beautiful thing. Could you imagine if Amazon was around in these days and you had to watch it grow via social media? Exactly. 
it, it, and at the, it, I feel like we got kind of we got kind of screwed from the universe by not letting us see the story of Amazon. Whereas now, any kind of business up and coming, you're gonna you're gonna see it growing on oh, social media. Jeff, Jeff wasn't vlogging, is what you're saying, saying when like, he was building you know Amazon. Yeah, that like, would have right, been oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like even right social now, like you context. just didn't know, you didn't know the behind the scenes and shit. Like you mm-hmm. wouldn't know nowadays. I feel like the only way people, not the only way, but a, a lot of the reasons why people are buying now is because they feel like they know the person behind the brand. Mm. So like they gotta feel like they know you. So just even my suggestion on social media, a good way to grow it is just to to tell your personal stories of what the fuck you're going through. And then there's gonna people that are gonna take little pieces, pieces that you wouldn't even think are we wouldn't even think are a big deal of the story. But they'll be like, Oh, that's one time you was wearing a pink shirt. And I'm serious, something like that. The fact that it's real, people will will connect Identify to those. With it. Yes. And then that's that's how you get a real following, and that's I've been doing that shit, and that's mm-hmm. how I've got mine by just being authentic, good and bad too. Right. And because I know by design, social media is kind of like a paint the, the highlights. Right. But if you could sell like, no, nah, this shit gets real in these streets sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about that shit where it was where where you got it out the mud, oh, people are gonna relate to that, and that's been working for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like a lot of my clients. They always ask me, like, why would anybody work with me over anybody else out there? Example, my online trainers, they ask, like, why would people work with me over, like, Kino Body or, like, King Keto or, like, anybody else who's, like, big in the fitness space? Same with my dating coaches, my life coaches, my other agencies, and every other online business needs more clients. The thing is, people don't buy into just the service itself, but they buy into the brand and the person behind it, right? So for me, like, there's a reason why I always talk about, like, how I dropped Microsoft or how I used to go to UVA or I used to play basketball or I'm like huge into like person development, et cetera. It's because those things apply specifically to me and nobody else. So obviously I know this podcast is more for person development, but anybody really wants to grow a brand on social media. That's kind of how we connect. Yeah. You got to be talking specifically about your story and what you've done and what separates you from everybody else. And really don't see that as a weakness, but go all in on it and make those your strengths. So even though I don't work for Microsoft anymore, I always talk about it. Why? Because nobody else in my industry worked for Microsoft. And that's what really separates me. Mm. You know, it's funny. So you're talking about like having, so you can get some confidence in the vulnerability. I literally, I don't know if anyone's on my email list, but I literally made an email yesterday about that's a good way to get confident is to be vulnerable. If, if you can be okay with the shit that ain't cool, which, which is, I think, takes courage, right? It takes mm. a little courage to tell your story. But if you're willing to, you get a lot of power from that shit. Uh, I wanted to ask you personally. Um, so, you're a young guy. Twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two. Birthday's in three weeks. Have you way. always but, had like this kind of entrepreneurial? Like, when did you notice you was gonna get on that, like that whole kind of lifestyle? That's a good question, actually, because I see like kids on TikTok now, like fourteen years old, sixteen years old, starting entrepreneurship super super early. But back when I was a kid. Like all the way back when I was like six years old, I always just wanted to play basketball, make it to the NBA. Um, and I was like oh, pretty yeah, much training sure. my entire Please, my entire Brian, childhood. Who do you like? Um, I'm a Kobe fan. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, uh, I always I didn't really care about entrepreneurship. I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was. Like I always just was playing basketball, working out at like five AM, go to school, get a lift in after school, and then work out again at like nine, ten PM and just do it all over again, trying to you know, make you my hoop teams a reality, right, right. right? And then... So you had work ethic, though. Yeah, it was just like I had, like, those work okay. ethic and that discipline, Kobe. et cetera. Where'd you, yeah. where'd you learn that from? Kobe. 
Okay. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. That's a, that's a great point. He's like known for that. I watched like a Kobe Bryant video on YouTube and it was like, see, most NBA players, they work out one time at like 10 a.m., you know, finish at 12, eat lunch, get a lift in, and then they work out at like 5 p.m. and then call it a day. But Kobe, he would wake up at 4, right? Get a workout at 4.30 and at 6. Mm-hmm. Do another workout at 7, right? And at 9. Do another workout at 12. And at two, get lunch, do another workout at three, and then another workout at five or seven. So that's like five different workouts compared to someone's two. And if you do that over a summer, he's already way ahead of the game. And you do that for 10 summers, nobody's going to even come close. And that's why he was like the best in the game. And so when I watched that video, I kind of wanted to do the same thing. Obviously, I was still in high school, still in middle school. So I was always, you know, trying to get at least three workouts a day, every single day. Only thing was, as I realized my junior and senior year of high school, um, being a 5'11 Filipino kid. Um, not, Jeremy Lin yeah, not that fast, not that quick. Um, all I could do was really dribble and shoot, and that was it. Um, I realized, <laughs> yeah, I, I realized I wasn't really going to go anywhere with basketball. And when so I'd say like my junior year of high school, because my sophomore year, like I had an excuse for not being that quick or not being able to dunk yeah, because, yeah, you know, yeah, I was, I was still young. <laughs> but then junior year and senior year came, and all my classmates who I was so much better than, started getting more athletic, started getting way taller. And there was me still being slow and still being short. And I realized, okay, like if I, if I can only shoot and I can only dribble, but that's it, I'm not really going to go anywhere. Um, you had this thought, you actively like, th- like sat there and had this thought. You have to ask yeah, no, I mean, it happened because, yeah. see, back in my sophomore year of high school, I was the only person in my grade to make it to the varsity team. Everybody else was playing either JV or freshman. This is like my so whole, you could, this is yeah. my story. Right, right, like, right. I'm listening to him like, damn, this is literally right, my right. whole life. And then my junior year came, <laughs> and it's, crazy. it's I, I kid you not, this is the first preseason game. Exactly. And I'm sitting on the bench because all my other classmates who, they were on the JV team the other year, and I was on varsity, and I was killing it. They all were like surpassing me. Like they were shooting, or I mean, they could dunk. They were way faster. They were playing way better defense than me. And there was me sitting on the bench when I used to be the sixth man of the team the year before. And then after our, like me getting like two minutes at preseason game, I'm like, okay, this might not work out if this keeps going the way it did. Mm-hmm. And eventually that entire junior year season, nothing changed. It was like, I was getting like a minute, two minutes. I might not even play the yeah, game. And then after that, I was like, if I'm getting benched in high school, there's no way I'm going D1 in college and there's no way I'm going pro. Uh, I see, but, like the awareness is fire. Yeah, yeah. Don't awareness. worry, guys. Don't worry, guys. So, yeah. After my junior senior year, I realized, okay, I'm not really going anywhere with basketball. But at that time, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life because the whole my whole life was always geared to I want to make it to the NBA. I want to make millions of dollars playing basketball. It never happened. So then I just went to UVA for my first year of college. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, and I saw my sister and my dad. They were both engineers, both in coding. Mm. So I became a computer science major. Mm. and long story short um i got a microsoft internship which is great but i always knew like i was only doing this because i saw like my parents and i saw my sister doing this and i was just copying that's a them complete different muscle you get connected to when you're talking athletics versus computer yeah, programming exactly exactly but i'll get into how this all ties in together so yeah i got a microsoft internship um but that was my second year so my first year i took a class called intro psychology and i didn't even need it it was an elective. It's always the elective. <laughs> always and the I was struggling mad heavy in that class. Like I was getting consistent like 70s every single test. And you were trying hard? I was trying mad hard. I was studying oh, wow. for hours a day. 
mm. reading the textbooks, studying note cards, but I just couldn't get it. And Psychology. yeah, so I got 70s every single test and the class is only graded on exams. So you no participation, nothing like that, only exams. Just and I was 70, 70, 70, 70. And then yeah, it, comes, <laughs> it comes to final exams, right? I'm, an, I'm at exactly a perfect 70. If I get less than a 70, then I am screwed for That's the true. entire class, right? Because everything relies on the exam. And guess what yeah, I got yeah, yeah. on that final exam? Uh, you got a 69, didn't you? I got a 58. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so then, yeah, grades come out. Um, and it's beach week. I'm like having the time of my life with like my girlfriend at the time at beach week. And then grades come out and I see all my grades. It's A's, 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 A's. And at the very bottom, as you guys could guess, it was a D plus. And I was mm. devastated. Oh. I thought nobody was going to hire me. And so in that point of desperation, <laughs> that entire summer, I was like, my career is over. I need to, I need to find something to do with my life. And I just randomly came across a YouTube video. It was like, why you should drop out of college and start your own social media marketing agency. So then I eventually tried it. Um, and let's just say I had free three trial clients. I didn't really have any money to pay a mentor or anything like that. So I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos, read a lot of books, mm -hmm. got three free trial clients. But because I didn't really know what I was doing, never made any money. So that was my first attempt at entrepreneurship. And then my second attempt, this was like around November, December of 2019. So I already got the Microsoft internship by then, but the Microsoft internship wasn't until May okay. or June, okay. right? So I'm so broke. I'm so broke as hell. I had like $34 to my name. Um, Shit, you're balling. Yeah. Yeah. I had like $34 to my name. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I really need to find a way Welcome to make to money. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I was like, I really need to find a way to make money because I am broke as hell right now. Like at the time. I couldn't even afford to take my girlfriend at the time to like a Chipotle date. Like it was, I was like that broke. I was that broke. Um, so then I, I, I randomly <laughs> so noodles. Is what I'm trying to tell you, baby. Yeah. So I randomly found out about this um, Gary V podcast, and he was talking about like why you should like flip, like go to garage sales and flip stuff on eBay. So like I asked my parents, like I borrowed like five hundred to like a thousand dollars from my parents, um, just so that. I could like have enough money to like go garage selling and flipping stuff. And long story short, let's just say I got scammed $900 by like a scammer on eBay. Don't know oh, how it happened, dude. but yeah, I just got taken advantage of. And anybody here going into flipping, be really, really careful of Facebook Marketplace and eBay with all like these scammers trying to take advantage of new people doing it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so like I had to like um, tell my parents that like I got scammed $900 mm. um, and it was their own money too. So I just felt like shit like that entire time. And like, after mm. that, I was like, I'm done with what they say. Was they like you motherfucker? I mean, <laughs> they already knew I, I felt like completely. So they, like they were still so, supportive and cool. I want to say they were supportive of that, but they no, were, like, they were understanding. Yeah, like okay, they were yeah. like, okay, some, I mean, you were just trying to make money. Yeah, like I was just like at a desperate <laughs> time. So yeah, after that, I was like, I'm never, I'm never going for entrepreneurship ever again. Like I'm just going to work my, work my nine to five life uh, at Microsoft. Like what I'm done. I'm done. He almost did. Yeah. He almost did. And then okay, so as you guys know, April 2020, COVID happened. That shit was March. Or yeah, March 2020, yeah, like around March, then, March, Aprilish. March 12th. Um, well, according to conspiracies, it was around since yeah. December. Well, yeah, yeah, that's why <laughs> it, was, it was. It was. <laughs> no. But yeah, March 2020. Um, I was at UV at the time, and classes all became online. Like it was at the spring break, and they said, "Don't go back to UVA. Everything else is gonna be online because we want to make things safe." And so then I had all this free time around like March, April, 2020, because, mm -hmm. you know, everything's online. There's no social life when you're at home. 
So you literally have all the free time in the damn world once you finish your classwork. And I was like, I could be working on like a computer science project for like Microsoft or something or improve my resume. But I was like, boring. I was like, <laughs> I got to try this entrepreneurship journey like one last time. Right. Right. Because I always thought to myself, like, when my great grandkids or my grandkids, whatever, like 60, 70 years from now, when they asked me, like, what did I do during like the great coronavirus? Do I want to tell them I was sitting on like TikTok and Instagram all day just right. scrolling? Or do I want to tell them like I built a six-figure or seven-figure online business? Hey, I was right? just thinking that. that and so I was like, I, I don't want to regret it 60, 70 years from now if I don't go for this one last time. And so I did things the right way this time. So by that time, I saved enough money to hire a mentor. So I hired a mentor. And exactly like I said earlier in this podcast, like I got that shout out. I got quality content. And then, boom, I landed my first $2,000 online client within three days. And then hit 10K a month my first month. And then soon after, like I said, once I started hitting consistent 10K months with like my online training business and my social media marketing agency, a lot of other people started asking me for help. Like, yo, like you were just in my same position. Like you were struggling mad hard. And now you're landing clients like super easily through Instagram. Like, can you show me how to do that? So then eventually I was helping out people for free for two months. This was like, July 2020 and August 2020, just helping out a bunch of people completely for free, um, just through landing clients through Instagram. And a lot of people started getting results, and a lot of people were. And you got to use that as testimonials. Yeah, I had testimonials for days because I I worked for free for two months. And then around that time as well, I was like, okay, I've worked with over 200 people now, but really only about 20 ish people were actually seeing great results. I was like, what's how can I get more people to take this seriously? And the thing was, I was doing all of this for free. And I was like, okay, maybe I got to start charging oh, for all yeah. of this and making yeah. sure that the people I do work with, they're 100% committed and 100% in. And so that's actually when I, that's around the time that my business partner, Ibrahim, like we were getting really, really close. And Are y'all we were just like, homies? Yeah, we were just homies. We were like entrepreneurship homies. Like it was me, him, and then two other guys in like this entrepreneurship group chat. No, no, we just met online. Like, we were all, like, big names. Like, by that time, I already had, like, a decent online presence. Okay, okay. So, you met through social? Yeah, we met through social. And, yeah, we were all, like, killing it in our own separate spaces. And by that time, like, me and Abraham were talking about, yeah, what would happen if we, like, teamed up and started our own thing? Because he was really good at, like, service delivery, and he was really good at fulfilling. And I was a lot better at just, like, acquiring clients and getting people not only to be attracted to my social media, but to convert them into, like, paying clients. I was like, okay, why don't we team up? Mm. You do all the service fulfillment. I'll bring in the clients. And that's when we started Grithology Agency, as you see today. And then we hit 10K a month, like I said, our first month. Um, This was like September, 2020. And then around, I believe it was around um, about about a year later, we went from 10,000 a month to 10,000 in a day. I know you were like, this shit is wild. And I was like, holy shit, this is a lot of damn money. Mm -hmm. And then to this day, um, we're over 100K a month now in terms of revenue, and then about like 80K a month in profit. Obviously, that's split between me and my business partner. So each of us are taking home like 40K a month profit wise. And yeah, because I was making enough money our first year in business, I was able to drop my whole Microsoft career Mm -hmm. because I just, I let let the calculator (laughs) decide. I was like, I'm making way more money doing what I'm doing, and I love this way more. Yeah, I don't want to sit a behind a desk right. for like eight, 10 hours a day grinding. Um, and yeah, it was just like an easy decision to go full time, drop Microsoft, eventually move to Chicago here in our nice little apartment. Yeah, nice... where was that? What's up? Where was that before? Microsoft. Where, where, the Microsoft where, where was that? Microsoft. So I was lucky enough, and this is all like great timing. 
that COVID hit. So both my Microsoft internships, summer 2020 and summer 2021, uh, they were both remote. Okay. And think about that. But where did you like live? I was in Virginia back at the oh, time. Oh, Virginia, okay. Yeah, and the beauty about Microsoft too at the time was it was all Pacific time, right? Because Microsoft's in Seattle. Yeah. So <laughs> I had to work 9 to 5 p.m. Pacific time. But so I was like in Eastern time. To... So that's 12 to 8 p.m. Yeah. Pacific time. So that gave me, I always wake up at 6 a.m. From 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. to work on my online business to make mm. it surpass my Microsoft income. And eventually I got to the point where it did. Right. So he was like, I'm yeah, out. You had enough time to really dedicate that. Yeah, to the... exactly. It was like two separate work days. Like morning was strictly to make my own dreams a reality, grow my own online business with Growthology, and then go to Microsoft from 12 mm. to 8. Let me ask you this. When you have those thoughts where like, you know, you got to do something and maybe there's like a distraction or a temptation or something. How often do you battle with that thought? And then what kind of tips and tricks do you have to overcome those thoughts? If you have them, which yeah. I would imagine you do because you're human. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm 22 years That's old. What I'm, by the way. I'm 22 years old making all this money. It's, there's a lot of distractions going on, but I was lucky enough, like I said earlier, that I grew up as a basketball player, right? So like I only was focusing on trying to make it to NBA, working out mm -hmm. at five, go out after school, lift weights, and then nighttime, get another workout. And obviously in high school, everybody was partying, drinking, but I wasn't really the guy doing that. Like I was always like, everybody was partying or, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting lit on a Friday and there was me still at the gym. So like even at mm -hmm. an early age- So you had age, already established like a discipline. Yeah, even at an early age, like, like I knew the shit. importance of like sacrifice and like not, diving into temptation but really focusing on like what's the main goal and obviously the more you grow and the more established you get the harder it is to do that because <laughs> now um like 16 yeah. year old me would love all the opportunities i get like it's literally every single day people hit me up for like hey do you want to do this podcast or hey do you want to hang out here or hey like i would love to take you out to dinner here or right, right. hey like let's uh let's life. go let's yeah. go on TikTok it's live a, now it's like i literally life. have yeah. like so many opportunities every single day of people hitting me up right um, and shout out to you guys. I actually, you know, hopped on here to make sure spit some game for you guys podcast. Yeah, but, of course. But yeah, course. but a lot of these type of invites, like I don't do just because there's so much, there's so much out there to do. And there's only a, such a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. So for me, really, the importance was always establishing like a clear vision, like, what exactly do I want to achieve with my life right now? And like, for me, the next main goal, obviously, we hit 100k a month already, um, is a million a month. Right. And so anything that's not supporting that vision of hitting a million a month is like, I don't, I don't have time for that mm. right now. Cause that, that doesn't align with my goal. Right. Obviously for this podcast, hey, who knows, maybe like some of the clips here blow up and I get exposure and hey, oh, for sure. selfish yeah, reason for me sense, yeah. is like, it will do well for me and aligning with that million dollar vision. Well, let's say it's, for example, uh, my friends just want to, um, Let's see, just Go do like, a, yeah, let's, or not even that. Let's do an extreme minute. Like my friends want to just do a bunch of drugs and like trip on like a random Saturday. <laughs> well, I need to work on my business. Like, obviously I'm not going to do that because it doesn't align. Right. right. So for me, the main good thing is like, does it align with the vision? And if not, then I, I just don't have time for that right now. And of course it got to be a balance, right? It's not like I'm working 24 seven on my business and then I don't have time to have fun. Like I, I went out last night. Of course I did because I'm 22 years old. But the thing is like the people I do have fun with and the people I spend time with, like their goals and their visions align. and their habits align with what I want. So even though we're having mm -hmm. fun, I'm still hanging out with the right people who are aligned with the goal that I want. Bro, I just saw this yesterday for someone. You can, you can write that shit off. You can, if, especially if it's people you kicking it with 
whenever there's a celebration, if you could prove, and if you guys are talking about business or something, take the pictures, do it all, but you can like write off birthday parties. If your people- You can do like, I mean, well, like work dinners and stuff That's like that. Yeah, yeah, but as long Not as you like can prove- bottles at the club, I feel like. But. <laughs> oh, but you could do dinners and shit and yeah. bottles. If, yeah, yeah. No, you probably could. I bet depending when on, I, like, if you went to RPM, you can do you can that do that almost seems like a club. Writing, you can write off meals and stuff. Whenever yeah. I've written off I plenty get of meals. Food with Colton. That's yeah, I write that off. I was gonna ask you, um what what clients do you typically serve? Yeah, so we used to specifically serve people in the fitness world, like online trainers or like in-person trainers trying to go online. Um, but as we started to blow up more on TikTok and like Instagram Reels and all these other short from pieces of content. We've had a lot of other online businesses who like mm -hmm. need more clients, like asking us for our help and asking us for our services. And so at first I was a little hesitant. I was like, we only really work with trainers. But then as we started broadening and like, you know, taking on these other clients in other industries, mm -hmm. they started getting the exact same results, if not even better. And I'm like, okay, so we could pretty much help pretty much any online business who needs more clients. So right now we have case studies for like real estate agents, life coaches, dating coaches, fitness coaches, other agencies. Um, e-commerce stores, pretty much any online business who needs more customers or needs more clients, we can probably help. Because at the end of the day, like human psychology and social proof and branding are all the same. Think about like any of the biggest online businesses you see. Do they have a presence on Instagram? Do they have a presence on TikTok? Are they taking mm -hmm. quality content? Every single one of them are. Why? Because human psychology and the way people buy things is the same across every single industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, attention's attention. That's what I, I'm always worried about because Tom, Tom, I got, I got to call you out, Tom. Yeah, get the Grinch in here. Tom. I was happy sitting on the sideline. Tom, Tom doesn't uh, respect. He doesn't give the same value in the audience for TikTok as he would the audience for like LinkedIn. Oh, really? Because he likes, on the weekends, he scrolls LinkedIn for fun. And, um, well, no, no, no. <laughs> LinkedIn on a weekend, huh? That's not totally wrong, no, but no, no, no. I, that's not totally wrong. No, no, I'm trying. Let no, me no, defend so, myself. All right. Yeah, so, how do you feel about the uh, about TikTok as a whole? I'm not on TikTok. I don't have a TikTok, but you're younger than us, uh, and quite a bit younger than you. Pointing fingers, um, and so yeah, I'm like I just I, I'm not on it. I don't even have like a personal Instagram, so like social media and all that sort of stuff to me, just in general, I don't participate in that very much i think that traffic on certain uh sites is worth more than others i think and it, it depends what industry you're in but for someone like me having a big tiktok i don't know how much that would like really really help me out but having a fuck ton of people on linkedin at big companies like my shit so i can work mm -hmm. with them like that's like how the I, IRS. I don't agree with that, yeah, I don't, the IRS I don't, with that? see i used to be exactly like you right because i sell an instagram service right so i was like okay my whole audience is on instagram like Obviously, anybody on TikTok, if I got any clients through TikTok, first of all, I thought they were like 16, 14, 18 yeah, year olds, they, you right? Completely broke college students <laughs> who have no money, right? And that's what I thought for the longest time. And that's why you guys haven't seen me on TikTok until recently. It's because I thought my entire audience should be on Instagram and only on Instagram. But then after I started, I wouldn't say blowing up, but doing pretty well with like the sales videos, um, the speaking videos, the react videos, everything about like showing what I'm doing with my agency and putting it on TikTok. I started getting a lot of people, not only more qualified, we're not just talking like 16, 18 year olds, but we're talking like established business owners, coaches, consultants, other agencies, et cetera, who need right, more clients. Right. All not only just um, qualified, but they had money. They already knew my service. They're already interested in working with me because they've seen me over and over on TikTok and my content. 
And to put this in perspective, like this time last year, we were spending no cap, like over a thousand dollars a day on ads. And I have screenshots of that. Um, and now just through TikTok alone, like we're booking two to five more qualified sales appointments per day than a thousand dollars a day on ads. And not only that, we used to be closing 20 to 30% of all our leads back in ads. And now we're closing over 40 to 60% because they're warmer, they're more qualified, et cetera. So I used to be exactly like you. And I thought nobody on TikTok is going to buy my stuff because they're not the right audience. But then as I saw, you attract the people that your content um, relates to, right? Yeah, so if yeah. I'm posting sales videos and I'm posting more quality business videos of talking about like the things going on, running a seven figure agency, more qualified and established business owners relate to that. Mm. And people starting at ground zero don't really relate with that. So that's why for me, like my TikTok generating tons of qualified leads and booked appointments and sales is just because the content so I'm putting out is so um, relatable to people already established. So I think it really all just depends on the content you're putting out on TikTok. Yeah, because it'll find you because the algorithm. Exactly, because the content's going to show it to the right people. I know, like, because <laughs> you can look at my, analy my analytics for TikTok. It ain't, most of the people are between, like, 25 and, like, 35. I know. I don't, I just so my don't point want is, this, man. I don't want this smoke. My point is, to me, I don't give a fuck what platform it is. If there's human beings on the other side of the screen, those are people who you can make an impact in, whether it be a business or you're trying to change your lives or whatever it is. So you could just, especially because the algorithms go to the people like you. So I guess you, to me, you have a very uh, under, you underestimating how many non teeny boppers are on TikTok. No, I, I, I believe that. I, I think it originally started as that, and I think that that's that's probably changed. So no, it's not it like, about like, the teeny like, boppers. I'm, like, I'm, like I'm not like a TikTok hater, shit, dude. I feel like I get like, portrayed <laughs> as such. And I'm really, yeah, I'm we really set them up. We set them up. I hate, I hate were you in the Congress thing. yesterday? I was what? Were you in the Congress yesterday? <laughs> no. TikTok? Yeah, you were. Yeah, okay. Oh no, no, no. You're, are you a lobbyist? No. Hot take. I I honestly wouldn't mind either way. Um, where TikTok goes, right? If TikTok stays, then cool. I'll be good on TikTok. And if TikTok goes away, let's say it gets banned. But where is all that attention on TikTok going? It's going somewhere. I, yeah. I feel like it's going right back to Instagram. And to me, I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm the Instagram guy. Instagram. Um, it'll help me out even more. So like, Or for YouTube. Me, yeah, it could be YouTube too. But for me, I'm like, I'm not really too worried about where TikTok is you going. Most of your, well, well, no, you said you're getting a lot of the new shit from TikTok. Yeah, all the new stuff is coming from TikTok, but that's but just still because your Instagram shit. But that's just because we're focusing the most on TikTok right now. That's where we're putting all our attention because we it has the most virality potential compared to all the other platforms. Right. Mm -hmm. But let's say for whatever reason TikTok goes away, and where is that attention going? Probably Instagram or YouTube. YouTube right. And if we put all our attention back or on creating AAG. content on Instagram or YouTube, yeah. like we'll be perfectly just fine. Now, so there's a there's a lot of talk. People are talking about deleting any meta product. So including Facebook and Instagram. So I, I, I still think people will obviously filter over, mm. but I, I see a, a, a lot of people saying, if TikTok goes, we're not fucking with Instagram or Facebook. Almost as like a fuck you, because everyone kind of mm. believes the narrative is Facebook. No, I'm serious, right? That's I, don't, like, I don't see anybody giving that shit up. Uh, my point is the narrative is everyone thinks Zuckerberg paid the lobby, and I'm pretty sure they proved it. They paid lobbyists to talk to this government. And, and did you watch the, any of that shit? Is this about why TikTok's a bad thing? Yeah, uh, yeah it was the, the TikTok well, congressional just, hearing. Did okay, you watch listen, it? Mark Zuckerberg lives in the United States. He, I would like to think that he is, is more just in the U.S. interest than TikTok. TikTok is owned by uh, China. And 
it's unfortunate, but China is somewhat of like an enemy to the U.S. You know, mm, and so you from um, from me. wait, that's the only perspective I saw it from. Yeah, that's the only perspective I saw too. Is like. Yeah, America just doesn't American? want Wait, China. Are people like agreeing with me here? Oh, shit. no. Yeah, so I, don't know, I thought, what did you think? I mean, there's. But there's, also, I know what he's saying. He's saying, like, Facebook and, like, um, all like these American companies are like lobbying to make sure too? they destroy TikTok. Of right. course, so, is it, why so not? You think it's more towards? Do you think it's the other social media platforms or is it the government? No, no, no. I think, I, it's both. I think that if I was Facebook, yeah, I would want TikTok dead. It's their biggest competitor. Right, so but it's convenient. My that point it's is, is that. There's a there, there's a huge following right now of people saying if TikTok leaves, we are purposefully not fucking with those two. So where they, I think where are you that, gonna but go? they can't go anywhere. Where are you gonna go? There's all kind of apps no, there's not. Up. I'm telling you, there's one right now for a fat called Clapper. <laughs> I've never heard of that. No shot. I've, I've never, never heard, heard of that. It's like a right. porn you, website. I'll tell you all this, right? So it's called Clapper. Please put hey, it. Yeah, don't put dot com. You, yeah. it, it's like 2019 TikTok. I'm telling you, I've been posting and it's going fucking crazy. Mm. Like berserk. At like six, I got 6,000 followers on it legit in like a week. So, because people are already, but it's still not. And, and it looks identical to, right now, though. Huh? No, still, people still gonna lean on the Zuckerberg product. No, I'm just saying, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people. That you, that all these videos that have hundreds and hundreds of thousands are gonna find somewhere. And if, and I'm telling you, these young motherfuckers get together, man. They say, well, no, we're gonna. As a matter of fact, the young motherfuckers did something where they like made somebody. They like bought all of Trump's tickets to one of his his uh, shows. Mm -hmm. And then, like, literally all the young cats got together and bought the tickets up, <laughs> and then no one came to, like, this Trump rally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is that the, the young cats, if they're all getting together on TikTok and they all believe that you're taking our favorite thing away and everyone believes it's meta, that's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, fuck meta. Right. And then mm -hmm. I can go over there. And right. I, I kind of felt that way. It's like, But I don't feel like it's, uh, is it that many people that's saying fuck meta? I mean, I guess it's is all it? relative because it's somebody, a lot of these videos I'm seeing, they have 150,000 likes. Mm. It, maybe it's fake news from so y'all looked at it as far okay i thought it was more like because the government can't necessarily filter no it's because tiktok no, it's just... harvests a lot more information yeah. than they should facebook has gotten in trouble for the same shit where they well no, take too but... much of your personal data but TikTok so you didn't, is so you, didn't, you, didn't you didn't watch i think you're saying that and you don't actually know the truth i do know the truth like, did you watch it here i feel like we all watch the same thing and i don't even i'm not even in tiktok life I feel like I'm more <laughs> so did you did you watch that hearing yesterday no i did not watch the hearing though I okay so, so you didn't hear you it from the horse's I mouth then tell me tell me tell me no i'm like on my point is a lot of people is that propaganda what you've been told and, and or have you heard it from the horse's mouth where did you hear that information about this china shit? where have you heard that i have not done the research that's on my, my point okay but Okay, is I this going to be like a trusting the media kind of deal? Because well, first of all, do, do you trust the media? On topics like, you trust like CNN? I listen, I don't know how to go into uh, the back end of TikTok and look at like what sort of information they're harvesting. When I trust smart people that do computer shit, being like, yeah, these apps are sketchy. I do trust that. I'm not like blankly trusting news networks for no reason. But like, so my point, my, I, I mean, question, do you trust CNN? I not more or less than any other news network. I See, to me personally, I don't <laughs> like fucking with the news like that because I feel like they filter it. I didn't hear shit about no motherfucking Ohio train wreck from CNN. I heard it from TikTok. I heard it from CNN mm -hmm. though. See that? Maybe but it's when did you hear it? From, when I go on YouTube, I, but, I, and and I'm also telling you, there's 
that's not just something that I believe. This is something that I've also seen in other people. And I'm just like, you know what? That is true. No, that, that's that's right. People ain't fucking just... with the news, bro. I don't know if you know, like, the news is not on people's good side. Is, is, am I crazy for saying that? No. Yeah, I mean, I mean people I feel like you might no, be a little huh? crazy. I'm beginning to feel like we might be going down a down a you weird road. Me like a weird you, road. Wait, hold on. You yeah, telling yeah, me that like, No, no, I just say this. Y'all telling me that people trust the media? That's no, that's what I was about no, to say. No, I yeah. feel like you're about to say that, and that's so, not where we're going. So that's why I feel like the weird road was going on. I just what are y'all talking about? Okay, rapid fire. Did we land on the moon? <laughs> See, that's a conspiracy theory. I'm okay. talking about basic. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm well, talking no, I'm about here. basic shit. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I don't think, think anyone it. here is like the media is the best, most perfect source no, of it, information. No, like everybody's everybody. My point is, is I I would imagine if you're the government. And, the, and TikTok, ironically, is the one thing that gives us the most free speech in this country. And the government's trying to stop that bipartisanship. They don't get bipartisanship for nothing. They don't get bipartisanship for motherfuckers dying. They don't get bipartisanship for motherfuckers uh, going to war. It's always split in the middle. But the one thing that they fucking come together on is, is data from a, an app. And what's the one thing that TikTok gives us the best is a motherfucking voice. And then it's easy to find your people because the algorithm is so great. So then you get together in groups of the same like-minded people. Mm. Of course the government don't want that shit. Bipartisan, they don't get bipartisan for nothing. Literally, it's always in the middle for everything, but not for this one. Yeah, let's fuck these motherfuckers. Nah, man, you don't see that? But so to me, it's like extremely obvious thing? that that's going to be at least some part of why the government wants them, wants them out. Is it so a free speech? And they probably thing? not getting their money off of it too. Probably not. <laughs> That's probably what it really. We ain't got our hand in the pocket. No, That's but I, I I really believe that, man. I feel like I've learned more from TikTok than like definitely from high school. I feel like I've learned more about life from fucking because I'll I'll see somebody on here and then I'll go do my mm -hmm. own research and then all day it's a whole new world that I didn't even think about. I feel like I've learned way more from it's just social media in general than in school am i crazy for that i think it depends on the platform you're using like for me i'm i'm a part of money tiktok in terms of like the content i put out everybody correlates to me with money tiktok but for me on tiktok my content has nothing to do with money tiktok at all it's literally just full transparency it is um hot girls basketball and other podcasts like this mm. um so for me if i go on tiktok i'm not going to be learning anything like crazy but that's what youtube is for me it's like for me like i've learned a lot more yeah. through like oh, youtube yeah, and too, like youtube yeah. shorts etc than example high school or college um but i will say though if i'm if we're talking about the news i'm not actively going to my news app looking for information like if i find out about news it's usually through tiktok because i trust tiktok more with like the authenticity that's what it's I like mean. other users putting it out compared to like the media putting out so there's no filter for me like I relate more with the perspective of like these TikTok users going through the news than the media portraying the news. Right, because then at least, because then you can make up your own mind, right? Like you can see if a person is in Ohio and they got their phone and they like, look, man, the water's fucked right. up. I'm, I'm, I'm dying and I'm proving it to you versus the way the I media- agree. I will agree with you. I agree with I'll, you. I, I will fuck it. Just like the same principle as like Wikipedia. Mm. You kind of you 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 almost even though we can all go in there and fuck with it, but don't you kind of trust Wikipedia for a lot of your information? Absolutely, I trust Wikipedia. And that comes down to just heart. the people, right? <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the Wikipedia is yeah. by the people. There's no like, or is, or is that not true? No, I think I'm pretty right. sure that's true. What about what about? Oh, how about this? Which is a kind of a segue about Chat GPT. How y'all feel about Chat GPT? <laughs> um, like for well, me, we've talked about this. I know. So I I see, see what yeah. you think. For me, well, I mean, what 
what industry are we talking about here? Or just like in general? Just a, in general, the technology of AI. I think for me, as like a computer science guy, um, we study computer science back in Virginia. Um, I think it's really, really cool like to have the ability to just not even like use Google or like, you know, user-generated content, but have like a machine like do it for you. Um, what I will say though, is I think it will be pretty dangerous like in a couple of years because as the machine keeps developing and continues, you know, being the best version of its specific use, I think it will get to the point where people will start paying for like access to it because it'll be so valuable. Example, like right now, AI can't show you how to build a seven figure business. Like that's not real yet. Well, let's say 10, 20 years from now, AI can build a seven figure business for you just like that. Like it'll run all the ads, it'll do all the content, do all the sales, do all the marketing for you. And it'll just do it for you because it's so smart now. So now whoever owns that piece or that specific software, that specific AI is going to be rich as hell. And now people will start selling for that. So I think for me, what I think is that it's going to be like right now, attention is a new currency as of right now. Mm -hmm. It's like whoever has the most attention is probably going to make the most money. Like think of like Kylie Jenner, think of like your favorite celebrity. They're probably the richest in the world right now. But I think, at least in my opinion, that in like a decade or two, or maybe not even a decade, it's not going to be attention anymore. It's going to be who accesses the AI. That's going to be the most powerful. Mm, that's a hot take. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting take. So do you do you take advantage of, of AI in any, in any of your business? Yeah, so for me, a lot of people in my industry, they use AI for like content and like copywriting. Copywriting, by the way, is like the words you say to influence someone. Oh, we to definitely action. know what yeah, we know. Yeah, you guys know copywriting. <laughs> just for anybody else watching this. Yeah, oh, right, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people <laughs> use... Just Ricky's here at all. <laughs> just making yeah, sure. Sorry. Just making sure. Yeah, hey, we're yeah. posting this on TikTok, no, no, too. No, so I got to make sure they sure know what they're talking bad. about. Clip, clip, he's making clippable content. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make it clippable. It's very clippable. But yeah, so for most people in my industry, they use AI to... Um, come up with content ideas so that they don't get writer's block. For me, um, I always work on my writing. Like for me, like the three most important skills in growing my business is copywriting, which we already said, closing, which is like the ability to convert a complete stranger to like a high paying customer or client. And then speaking is like the ability to hold someone's attention with your voice, which I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And so I always work on those three skills every day. So I never really had the use for chat GPT for my writing because I just love writing and I know that my writing is way better than AI at this very moment. But what I will say is the AI that I use right now, um, Adobe Enhanced Speech, I use that sometimes like let's say I'm I'm filming like an iPhone video and I'm too lazy to get my microphone or Mm -hmm. whatever, it will just convert your voice into a professionally microphone sounding voice. Um, Other things that I've been looking into, I haven't really tried them just yet, but um, one common practice to get clients in my industry is like sending like personalized Loom videos. Loom is basically, you guys should know what Loom is by now, but it's like a screen recording software where you record your screen and then you have your face in like the bottom left corner. Um, but that takes a lot of time shooting a Loom video for every single prospect that you're reaching out to to help grow their business. But there's a software called, I believe it's called Reply IQ, which you film one Loom video. And it would just create personalized Loom videos for every single prospect you message with their website and change the words that you say, just naturally finding out how your voice sounds like and then just changing the words. Right. Um, so that's something I'm looking into right now, but I haven't fully tested it out. And that, and that just makes that's, you like 100x more productive. Exactly. We don't got to worry about that shit. Yeah, there's a lot of AI, bro. There's a lot of stuff like repurpose.io. Mm-hmm. You put one piece of content up. And then you connect it to all of your different channels, mm-hmm. and then it to all of them on one on one time, and it optimizes it for that specific channel. 
So it'd be optimized for Snapchat, it'd be optimized for YouTube, it'd be optimized. Uh, I'm actually personally using one for these clips. I just started last last um last month. So you download your your full length video and then your long your, your long form, and then it the AI clips it pretty damn good too. Like it's actually pretty legit, and it clips it with the subtitles uh, optimized, and then you could choose. So you just it already you excuse me you could choose the different template that you want. But mm -hmm. it, it just, it's easy. The only problem I have with it is it doesn't take out the ums and the, uh. it doesn't do that well. So I'm like, okay, damn, this sucks. Cause it, so eventually once they learn that, when they can automatic, when AI can catch the breaks, then it'll be a lot better. Mm -hmm. but, um, but that's a great tool though. What software is that? It's called, um, damn. Uh, there's a bunch of them on, on, damn, I forgot what it's called. We'll just edit like a little text over the screen when people yeah, watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'll put it in there. Well, no, it's live. Chris, I want to ask about the fast, dude. Oh, oh, yeah, we'll talk about the fast. Let's I talk about it. So, I forgot what it's called. Give us a little, just so I can catch everybody up for the clip. Oh, yeah, know? okay, yeah, the fast, that's a good point. Because like, mm -hmm. it's actually a good point because those videos went viral. Then I, I, was, I was shocked because I just did that just, you know, I just like to making content. I'll make content with anything. And I was like, well, I'm about to do this fast. Right, water only, and then I and I I made the videos every day showing my weight and what I, what I felt and what I was going through yada yada, and that this shit went like two hundred thousand views in like three days. So mm. like I'm like oh, and then people were like following the story. Yeah. So I'm like oh, fasting is a thing. That, and then a lot of people messaged me long ass messages saying, bro, I've been considering doing a fast. How was it? And they don't know. So I'm like, okay, so there's a market is because you know my whole shit is trying to help people. Mm. And it's something that I want to do. That's the best part about making my content because, like, it's something that I'm doing. Right? I used to do comedy, and the, the problem, what was hard with making comedy sketches, is you have to come up with ideas. Mm. And then, and as somebody who wants to make sure you're putting out some quality content, if I didn't think it was funny, I wasn't gonna put it out. So now I don't got nothing. That's a different psychology. Whereas now my content, which is more about what I'm about, is just my life and improving it as much as I can at my level. Uh, it's easier to make that content. Mm. So anyway, so I'm talking about this fast, and. Uh, for, for the record, the reason why I did it had nothing to do with weight loss. I just know that's a byproduct <coughs> of it. Either. It had nothing, God bless you. It had nothing to do with weight loss. It was, it was a mental challenge for me because I have a very, very poor relationship with food. Always have, right? And we talked about this, but I want to tell you, Renzo. Had a very poor relationship with food. And I was on 75 hard, right? So you can't eat like bullshit. But how I got around that, if I'm being honest, is I would, because I didn't set a, the, the specific goal like 2000. I didn't set that in the beginning. It was don't do cheat meals. So nuts. You can overdo the fuck out of nuts. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Eat granola. Granola is damn near candy, right? So I would take a couple more handfuls of that. So if I'm being honest, that's cheating. I felt like I don't think I completed it like I did the first time. Long story short, I'm like, I got to get a control of my thoughts because why am I just grabbing, you know, I'm trying to work on it. Why, mm. why am I, my first thought is to go get more when I'm not even hungry. So let me do a fast to try to just fight that demon for a little bit. So that's why I did the fast. And also it helps with your, it's called autophagy. So I want to get this off the table. It's called autophagy. So after a certain amount of days, your blood cells start to eat at the shitty damaged blood cells mm. and, you know, kind of cleanse your body out. So those are the top two reasons. And then the weight loss, we was just like, and also about 10 pounds in five days. But um, I did it for mental and it was awesome. 
It's awesome. And it's not, it's not what you think. It's not, you wouldn't be like, if you went your third day, you, you're like not hungry at all. I believe that I've, I've seen some videos and, and content. Yeah. I watched like uh, Mr. Beast video. on okay, how, he did, like, yeah, how long did he go? Fast. I think he went, I think he tried to go for 14 days, but he had a video with Gordon Ramsay and Gordon Ramsay made him eat some food around like day 11. Day 11. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he said, um, First couple of days are hard, and then around like day five to day seven ish, it got it, it. He didn't even feel like eating, um, and then around you almost get to a point where you're like, yeah, you're just numb to food at that point. Um, and then around like day twelve to, or day ten, eleven, it got hard again. And then obviously, Gordon Ramsay pressured him to eat, oh, and then he, he, he had to eat. So I'm about <laughs> to, I'm about to do a seven day. I'm going seven because I really feel like I could have. You don't need to gap that at all. They just, Why not? I don't know. They, 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 no, I, I mean, from all the research that? I've seen, a lot of people say you should fast all the time. That's great. I've, I've heard that from a lot of different people. And not. And I'm telling you, like, just for the cleansing like, of your body purposes. Yeah, but how often is, I mean, is that like two, two I mean, times a year? I mean, there's people that go 12, 30. I've, I've seen some do went 40 days. Bro, that yeah. shit's not healthy. See, that's, a, that's the thing. 40 days? Everyone says that. 40 days? Come on. Maybe not the 40, but fasting is extremely healthy. And they've been I'm, doing I that shit for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Fasting and not don't eating for 40 days? Not yeah, 40. That's the extreme. That's what I, I don't just, even know for a fact. I, but, <laughs> but my what point I'm is, talking about. It's a difference. <laughs> but but my, here's my point. Is a doctor going to tell you to fast? Is a doctor going to tell you to fast? Oh, man. I know. They're going to tell um, you to eat your three meals, <laughs> you two snacks, and then eat on this damn... Am I, am I crazy? No, no, no. But yeah, actually, a little bit. Tell me what, the, how... the difference, dude. Fasting a couple of days, it. Oh, a couple I, of days. No, problem. I get that. You're like forty days. That was extreme. It was extreme. But, I'm days but you, you talked about the distance in between my Jesus fast. That's what that. you were talking about. What's that? You were talking about the space in between my fast. I, not the... I just thought I'm not a doctor. I have no idea. But I'm. I would guess that. I would assume that, like, if you fast for five days. That's probably like, yeah, you should, you know, eat for a couple more days. Like, I don't, I don't know, give it a little bit of a break. But if not, I mean, if you've done the research, like two then, weeks. it's been like two weeks. Oh, I, well, then maybe just posting yeah. the stuff late. It's been two weeks since. Like a week and a half. Yeah. All right. Well, dude, if you've done, I just, that's and, all and I was I've saying. done a that's lot of research just because like to me, yeah. and again, I had never went one day in my life. And I just, and I'm like, I could not figure out why I cannot go one day. Mm. Right. You got to have three meals. I got to get my three meals. That's my whole, I feel like that's what they teach you. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, have a couple snacks. It, it will at least be healthy. So it's like you, and it makes sense that, that that would be some type of a propaganda because you want people, because that's business and there's a lot of money probably in, in food, I would imagine. So you want people, don't, why, why do we have to have breakfast for breakfast? Think about that. It's According all, to who? It's all a marketing tactic. It's a marketing think tactic. Think about every okay, breakfast food. <laughs> Is it not? I got to But think about, I'm, I'm going to this actually. But think about every just, breakfast food, though. It's like always like waffles or like bro. eggos or cereal. <laughs> like every breakfast food isn't actually like whole food like you get from nature. It's always like a company's food. So for me, I think breakfast is just all like a marketing tactic to make more sales in the food industry it is it, how is it think about it why do you why do you know to eat breakfast for breakfast why is that even a thing how do you even know that that's a thing that you can think it's because you've been programmed to think that breakfast you eat breakfast shit for that's clearly generations marketing. centuries of fucking people wake up in the morning yeah like, i, I like think it's eat. more of a wake up and your body needs food is from it a, yeah, so why does yeah. it have to be pancakes and eggs and it can't no, no. be so if you're talking about the product that's yeah, yes, yeah. That well, the product, I agree. all products Sheesh. are going to be made by that's what, what that's what i'm talking okay, about we're talking products but we're talking human form and eating food 
then yes, people typically need a breakfast when they wake up. waffles are not a good well, My point is, is why do you feel like that they need that? Because normally, typically with the human body, when you wake up and you start your day, you're going to need some type of nourishment to help you to um, gain enough energy to start your day. See, so I that's typically that, how the animal world goes. I believe is that they, that is false. <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about the animal or caveman world, if you think about it, not a caveman I've, world. I've, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying. But like back in like our truest like natural forms, back when like we were all cavemen, um, food goes bad overnight, right? So like when you wake up, you're not going to have any food stored right now. Like you got to go hunt. You got to go find food. You got to hunt these animals, cook it, and then eat it. And there that's, might that's there not, might be that's not all the way true though because people still learn how to salt their foods and whatnot and preserve them. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking in our. I'm talking our most natural. Like we're talking like prehistoric times. Back I'm when. an anthropologist, and I studied this stuff. So what I'm saying is, they still stud, They still smoke these things, and they still had to salt them and whatnot. They still preserve their food. So, so you're saying that from the very beginning. Overnight. So stuff didn't just when we start becoming hunters, they learn how to preserve along with hunting. So stuff didn't just go bad overnight. They were hunters and gatherers, so they got enough of what they could. But it wasn't just going bad overnight. See, I wasn't even going with the overnight. My Sorry. whole thing was. What if you don't catch shit for two days? You might. What if What if Big Papa Bear didn't catch nothing for two days? It, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a real world out here. You might not catch nothing. Mm -hmm. So then your body doesn't necessarily have to eat every single day because your body's really good at storing fat. Did, are Correct. we back to, to fasting? Like nobody's got yeah, a problem with fasting. That's what we're yeah, talking we're about. Fasting. What's the back? I, I think we're Tom's fasting. uncomfortable. Well, no, I just good. I just can't That's do fasting. the whole like breakfast is like a marketing ploy. Like I just can't. <laughs> but the fasting, active breakfast like, or the food do you need breakfast? to eat food in the first thing in the morning like i know and i'm not if wait say that again he, i think is the product i think he because he originally just i the think conversation we, topic of like is <laughs> breakfast a scam or like a marketing ploy by the i just i can't the type of breakfast for sure is marketing. but like do you need breakfast in the morning like i don't that's think my that point that's, i don't i don't believe that you that's need fine. breakfast in the i don't morning. i feel the there's a lot of very very intelligent scientific people that literally say to not eat until lunchtime. But I think it's totally normal if you guys That's do eat breakfast. That's the whole intermittent fasting thing. There's a whole industry of Don't very... listen to Chris. My point is that there's a whole industry <laughs> where fasting is becoming Silly. a new norm. And we have a problem is overindulgence anyway. Right. That's the whole problem with anything. We get to it. And I'm talking about from a person who deals with it, man. Mm -hmm. I'm attached. Why am I attached to this, this food for what? When I don't physically need it. And I'm proving that because I'm going five days and I feel fine. But why do I still feel like I fucking need it? On day one, when I know I can go five days, mm -hmm. and I know on day three, I know I won't be hungry. But for day one, I ooh, and it's such a battle. But then when you overcome it, we're like, do you really? Do I need to eat breakfast every morning? There's a lot of people who don't eat until fucking twelve. Right. That's me. I don't yes. eat breakfast. I, I don't. I don't, so eat, I don't eat breakfast every day. I have so. family that eat breakfast till. 12 but, or but, two, and, but the, and the kids do too. But that's more so of a habit of how they grew up. It wasn't, it was because their mom wasn't fucking cooking breakfast because she was a hood rat and she was letting them eat flaming hot Cheetos all But day. most people so, think that you have to eat breakfast. Do you agree with that? Um, <laughs> or the yeah, life's I, mean, I think yeah. most, I mean, depending on your culture, depending on the most people who from. don't look into dieting or nutrition automatically assume they have to eat breakfast because that's like the way society tells you. Yeah, to, the American right? diet. It's just like people tell you, oh, Mom cooks you breakfast. Dad cooks you breakfast on a Saturday. Of course you're gonna eat it. So I think it's just the way we grow up until you start looking at like nutrition and like what's the most optimal for your body, your energy, and your health. Yeah, and I, I'm starting to believe because I thought you have to get up and eat breakfast. That's what I thought, like everyone else. And then as I'm doing my own research from people that seem credible to me, and I'm allowed to think whatever the fuck I want in this world, I'm like it makes more sense. And then I put it into practice, and then I feel better about myself, and then I feel good. 
I'm like, okay, just, just because I was taught in the way society tells me what I'm supposed to believe don't mean that it's fucking fact. As a matter of fact, I almost actively, if society's saying something, what's the other side? I almost want to know what else is going on. Because I'm like, okay, what else is going on? Because I feel like society will fuck you up a lot. Mm-hmm. At least me and mm-hmm. I, I, as far as my content and my people, I know we're getting late. People follow me because they see me getting over the fear of other people's opinions, right? We're all so fucking attached to what everyone else fucking thinks. And I was the worst. Mm. I, I just, I gave a fuck so bad, right? And, I, and I'm telling you that, and we all attach to the society shit. We, we got to feel that. And I get the reasons why on the, you know, back in the day, you, we didn't want to get outcast from the group. So we do have an innate desire to make sure we're in the group. I get that. But a lot of times we don't, we're protecting ourselves from, from shit that you don't need protection from. And that's what motherfuckers think. Like, why the fuck do I have to eat breakfast? According to who? Because the schools or, and just what they said on TV? For what? But, okay. Well, they've done. That, okay, that's I'll, my I'll come back that then. I know, I understand. But if, to bring it up, then I'll, I'll, I'll okay, I'll converse, traverse with you, I guess, with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure something. Besides we we know what you're saying. Okay, thank you. So it's it's like um maybe how how about this? Maybe they've done studies scientifically, as you said, that's that proves that that would help somebody, a kid, to have a morning breakfast before school or something like that. So it could be it could be a scientific study that way as well. That's what I'm saying. Do you even trust the scientific studies and shit? Because then who's who's doing well, but those? That's the thing. We 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 have a society for a reason. We are not supposed to know every single bit of every information. We have people around us, community. For those reasons, so that they can tell us. Now, everything can't be propaganda, or it could be, depending on how you want to, you know, get your life involved with that. But honestly, man, it's, it's, that's kind of the community part of it. Like, we have to trust something within our story to believe whatever we want to believe, you know. But I know we're wrapping up, but I wanted to ask you a question really quickly. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, you mentioned psychology earlier and how that kind of debacled a lot of things for you doing at one point. But I also know that you really understand psychology at this point in your life. So what was the big turning point for you that really got you obsessed? Especially so young. Psychology? Yeah. And I know that Kobe is one of your heroes. Mm-hmm. And that Mamba mentality has to be important to that flip when you saw that D+. Mm-hmm. So I just want to kind of get what you could. I'm glad you asked that because that's actually everybody <laughs> who knows me back in my college days. Like I talk about human psychology all the time. Like that's a lot of what my TikTok is about because sales and marketing is all about influencing someone to take an action, which is all psychology. But I know I preframe myself as being bad at psychology for getting that D plus. But in my opinion, that wasn't really my fault. That was more like the school system is just flawed because all they do is like test you on like memorizing things and like doing like these certain quizzes but in reality was that like the best way to test human psychology knowledge probably not i feel like the best way to test that is by actually being able to influence someone to do certain things instead of just taking quizzes and notes about psychology right so for me i've always been huge on i think it's always been really cool to me to understand psychology why do people think the way they do example i love when you said um like the reason why we care so much about people's opinions is because back in society or early days, like if we got kicked out of the group or we got kicked out of um, the tribe, like we're done, like we're dead. And that's the reason why we care so much. And so like when I learned things like that, where a person acts like this or has this behavior because of X, Y, Z reason, then I could use that for my own benefit or use that to help them out if I need them to take an action. So for me, I've always been into human psychology. It's not like there was a switch. It was just school and the way they tested things just wasn't really for me.
compared to me applying it for my own life and my own business and my own specific situations that got me to where I am right now. Understood. And then school kind of, but also with that being said, you still had to spend what, four years in school. So understanding that psychology and how it wasn't being utilized in the right way, that mm -hmm. had to really gear you towards the way that you are now. I mean, that has to be a big flip as well. Yeah, exactly. And I would say like the biggest reason what got me into psychology, obviously I didn't, I didn't just, you know, I was speaking to myself. Yeah, but I wasn't just born like, oh, I, I want to study psychology. It was more, okay. Uh, so back in 2019, I told you guys I started social media marketing for the first time. And before then, I never worked on my skills. I didn't work on copywriting, closing, or speaking, all of which requires human psychology. And so I would go into these sales meetings just trying to say a script without understanding why that script will work. Mm, and because right. I was just saying words without understanding why those words worked, they didn't actually work, right? Because I was just saying things for the sake of saying things. But then in between that span of 2019 when I first started um, that online business and then COVID when I saw success, was in between that span, I was working on those skills every day, copywriting, closing, speaking, all of which, like I said, you had to really understand psychology to be really good at those three right. things. And so then when I hired my mentor, I, I wouldn't just say it was my mentor that got me that first $2,000 online climb within three days. It was more so I already had these skills of psychology and like being able to influence someone that no matter what business model I did or no matter what plan I was given, it was going to work because I understand how to influence someone to take an action. Mm -hmm. gotcha. No, bro, influence. Oh, that's when you can influence a motherfucker. Oh, that's like my favorite thing on earth. I think there's a certain confidence you have when you know that you could basically 99.9% .9 of the time <laughs> be able to influence someone to do whatever you want if you really wanted to. Um, and for me, that gives me all the confidence in the world. Like when people ask me now, like, how did I, you know, be so confident to speak on camera? talk on TikTok videos, close all these guys on, on the phone for like $6,000 deals. It's just because I know no matter what they say or no matter what someone gives me or what argument they do, like I know if I really damn wanted to, like I'll be able to influence something to do what I want. Yeah, so th to me, it comes like an unshakable confidence. Yeah, it's like great power comes great responsibility too. Like, so I know I could be using my influence for the right or I could be using it for the wrong. It seems so like, he, like, like he like Noah, he like Noah, he like Noah trick. But like like to trick yeah. the, the matrix almost. I look at that as a positive. Like you have this this mindset, and I'm telling you, a lot of people would love to have that. Mm -hmm. When you can literally influence based on your speech and what you're saying and how you mm -hmm. and how you present yourself. That is a powerful fucking weapon. Mm -hmm. And people think it's like manipulating or it's like it taking advantage of someone. But here's what I'm gonna say to that. Is like let's say like your mom is like really, really sick and she needs to take this medicine or she's going to die. But she's telling you, like, I don't want to take it. Like, I'm not taking that. If you don't have the power and the ability to influence her, to get her to take that medicine, you let her down and you let yourself down. And so that's why I always mm. think it's better to have that power and have that ability than to think it's, oh, it's manipulating and you shouldn't be taking advantage of people because what if it's what's best for them, but they can't do it because you weren't able to help them, influence them to do it. I'm, I, can you find any rebuttal against that? I'm not, I, why would no, I not you specifically. Just, I, I, I not you, no, not <laughs> you, 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 Tom, you little bitch. Tom, be the negative Nancy no. in this motherfucker. Let the guy wrap up on his, on his line here, man. I, I, I mean, you guys have any thoughts, but no. <laughs> no, man, I, I agree, man. Influence. I, I, especially now, it's, it's very easy with the audience. It's easier, rather. Um, go, where can they find you? I love it. Yeah, so I used to be the Instagram guy, so my Instagram is at runs underscore bar. 
My TikTok is the same way as well. Um, so I would say those two. And then if you are interested in like example, you're an online business who needs more clients, then just DM me at rent underscore Guevara, the word grow. And then I'll send you all the details to see if I can even help you. I love it. Ain't he polished? Oh boy, but boy. Polished. He's, he's so polished. And actually, just before it. we wrap up here, too, I want to say congratulations on all your success, man. Absolutely. The, Thank you. You're wonderful, wonderful. young, and the way that you speak is very above your I, age. You know what? I'm so. sorry. I wanted to say that because I'm like, no, doing it so young. Because I feel like I didn't hit I didn't hit the like 30-something before I finally was like, oh, okay, this is a game that can be played, you know, mm -hmm. and to start to learn that shit. How did you learn it so young? How do, you're not scared At of this, this world very young. I think for me, it's all just like a perspective game, right? Because obviously I'm 22, and I'd, I'd like to say I'm doing well. But at the same time, um, example, like a guy in my industry, and like Iman Gazi, like he's not making a million a year. Homie's making like eight figures a year, almost close to nine figures a year. And then there's other guys like 15, 16 years old, making six figures, seven figures a year, right? So for me, it's all like a relative game. So I wouldn't really consider myself early. It's just more everybody has their own different path that they went through. Um, but if we're talking about specifically, talking, no, hold on. Yeah. Entrepreneurial self-development mindset is very early. You are ahead of the game. They are by too. a long shot. They are too. Don't get me wrong. I get you. No, no, out, but, but I'm talking about me. I didn't really hit. Right. I didn't hit the ground run until I was like 27. But yeah. If we're talking still not too late, just start, you know, now, but you doing it so young. It's awesome. Yeah. If we're talking like specifically like concrete things that I did. Think about it like in basketball, like you don't just get, you don't just randomly shoot like Steph Curry, like your first day. You don't just dribble like Kyrie, like your first day. Like you got to practice every single day. And that's what I loved about entrepreneurship. Once I found out about those three skills, copywriting, closing, speaking, is like, you don't just get good at those skills in one day. Like I've been working on these skills every single day, first thing in the morning, like when I was in college, first thing in the morning before class or in business now, first thing in the morning before I take all my calls and my meetings. Like I've been working on these skills every single day. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see me talking like this right now and using the words I'm using right now. And on TikTok, closing these six thousand dollar deals every single day You're is because you, yeah, you, you watch the shit. I, I'm like, yeah. damn, nobody talking. <laughs> it's because it's all just skills. It's like this ball handling good. drills or like shooting drills in basketball. If you work on those things every single day, and not only work on them but apply them, like example in basketball, you have to play the game to get better at those skills in a real game. If you apply them in business, like example, me speaking, working on my speaking skills on this podcast, working on my closing skills by hopping on the phone and closing six thousand dollar deals. Working on my copywriting by, you know, making sure my scripts on TikTok get those views, right? Applying those things every single day and working on that every single day, you're bound to get good, which is kind of the way I am right now. There you go, baby. I love oh, yeah, it. Yeah, wonderful. I love wonderful. it, Derek. Where can they find you, man? You can find me at prettycoolposes.com. Um, also, D-E-3-R-I-C.tv on Instagram. Um, same for uh, Pretty Cool Poses, also for TikTok. I, I didn't get to talk about my interest in date today, but... <laughs> we'll, we'll go on live we'll talk about it later nice we'll talk about it live that later. always happens i always get my little snooker fritz at the minute no we'll, we'll talk we'll go live later talk about it <laughs> what about you time where can they find you uh chicago podcast studio and uh i didn't compliment your hair today either oh, okay. i like no, your hair I appreciate, I, it looks good you got that little that little shadow that little you know I like thank it. you i appreciate that baby uh <laughs> you can find me at all platforms chris cares none all of it just wherever if, if there's a platform Chris cares none. And clappers. Clappers. Dot. Hey, I'm t all right. Y'all talk y'all shit. I'm telling y'all. Find booty booty clappers, I about this booty clappers. I'm telling y'all, clapper right now is up and coming big time, really quick. Free, free engagement. Why would you not post it? Uh, and as always, can yeah, 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 yeah.